0: Father, we are uh, so thankful for Jesus' teaching to us. Uh, We're so thankful for the blessed life that you uh, invite us to have. And we long that this morning you would help us to uh, know this blessing of being pure in heart. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So it's been said that we live in the age of the image and not the word. The age of the eye uh, and not the ear. The age of the picture, not the idea. To, um, to people like us, what matters um, so often is appearance. How we look, what people see. So in our culture, certain businesses and services flourish. Think of uh, tanning shops, beauty salons, tattoo parlours cosmetic surgery, gyms. We care how we look and uh, we want to look good. Our daily lives are flooded with pictures on our phones, on TVs, on our computers. In politics we're we're drawn often not so much to ideas but people and personalities and how they look. We live in the age of the image. Um, I was reminded of this recently when I was uh, looking around a, a national trust property, one of those old houses with all kinds of antique artifacts, the kinds of thing I like to do in my day off. And um, I came across a copy of the Times newspaper from 100 years ago. It was the uh, front cover, big broadsheet paper, and it was just full of words, no pictures at all, in a tiny font. kind of Overwhelming, really, you know, where do you start with this? But if you compare that to uh, any newspaper today, it's just full of pictures. We live in the age of the image. And so we think, well, if only I improved my appearance, my life would be better. The blessed life involves looking good. Now, we might hear that and think that sounds a bit shallow. But, of course, as Christians, we can be just the same. We care for the personality preacher who looks good, the, the large building, the large church, the impressive website, the church which is seen to be doing good things by its community. And we care personally that we look engaged in public worship, that our children behave um, that we don't show weakness, that we look the part. We live in the age of the image. But today, as we come again to the uh, Beatitudes, we find in Jesus' teaching something radically different. Because according to Jesus, fundamentally, what actually matters is what is going on in the inside. Not what people see, but what God sees. That's what matters. And that's because God cares about reality. He is not at all interested in pretense. Oh, people, we may be, but, but God doesn't care about that. Christianity is not a religion of mere tradition or ceremony or appearance. It's all about the heart. And that is the challenge for us all this morning. What actually matters is what is going on in our hearts. And Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. As we've been seeing in this series, the Beatitudes is where Jesus is describing the life and the perspectives and attitudes of the Christian. It's a description of discipleship. It's not, do this and this will follow. Instead, it's, this is what my followers are like. This is the blessed life of living in the kingdom of God. Poverty in spirit. Sadness over sin, concern for others, a desire for righteousness. Um, mercy, show mercy to others, and today being pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Two simple points. Today, the blessed life involves being pure in heart, number one. Number two, only those who are pure in heart will see God. So, number one, the blessed life involves being pure in heart. And Under this heading, we're going to ask um four separate questions what is the heart what are our hearts like what does it mean to be pure in heart and how can we know this blessing so to begin with what is the heart in modern language we we often speak when we speak about the heart we tend to be referring to our emotions and feelings so i say uh, i couldn't do the job my heart wasn't in it um you're in love wonderful follow your heart we also use the language of heart to refer to what's important. So the heart of the issue is this, I'm right and you're wrong. Um, and in the Bible, it, it, it's more the, the second. It's the center. It's what's most important. Yes, the heart does involve the emotions, but it's also the mind, how we think, the will, what we want. The heart is, to speak of the heart is to speak of the center of everything. It's the The real, our very core, our identity from which everything else flows. And Jesus says the Christian who's in the kingdom of heaven is the person who at their very core, the center of their being at their heart, is pure, clean. What is the heart, the center of a person? Here's the second question. What are our hearts actually like? And when we look at what the Bible says, it's a... It's a pretty awful picture jeremiah seventeen nine The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it proverbs twenty nine who can say I've kept my heart pure? I'm clean and without sin matthew fifteen nineteen out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what make a person unclean. So when we talk about the heart, we have an immediate problem. The problem is that Jesus says at our hearts, we're corrupt. We're defiled. We're polluted. At the very heart of us, there is deceit. There is brokenness. There is evil. Like a a moldy apple that is um, rotten to its core and unfit for purpose is the human being. So that when we do foolish and sinful things, we're just doing what's natural to us. I just think about it. I've never heard a parent say to a child, Oh, come on, think about yourself for a minute. Stop thinking about others all the time. Stop thinking what your brother or your sister want. What about you? Think about yourself. Look out for yourself. Of course, you don't have to teach a child to be selfish. It's just natural. The Bible says we're naturally turned in on ourselves. What is the heart, the center of a person? What are our hearts like? Corrupt. And it's a really penetrating diagnosis, and it's worth considering carefully, because there are all kinds of problems in our society. Think of political instability, terrorism, crime, sex offense, unemployment, human trafficking, corruption, all kinds of things we might think of and there are all kinds of solutions that people might throw at those problems, um, education, social welfare, politics, and so on. But, if Jesus is right, then actually all those things in the end are skin deep. Because our chief problem in life is not external, but internal. Now if you think that's too negative a view of humankind, if you are sceptical, me just give you a quick test. Because Jesus says in, in Matthew twelve thirty four, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Just as a, uh, a fruit, the fruit of a tree, reveals what the tree is like, whether it is healthy or not, so do our words reveal the state of our hearts. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, what are your words like? What does your speech say about what's going on inside? What you say, or maybe what you think of saying, what you almost say, what you say when you've had a drink or two, do our words commend us, or do our words condemn us? What is the heart, the center of a person? What are our hearts like corrupt? And so if purity in heart is a blessing, if Jesus is saying this is part of being in his kingdom, then we have a a problem, don't we? How can we possibly be pure in heart? So before we come to that, we need to think first, what does it actually mean to be pure in heart? Well, two things. On the one hand, it means having inner moral purity, on the other, undivided devotion towards God. To begin with, then, inner moral purity. In the the religion of Jesus' day, there was a a big emphasis on outward cleanliness, um, washing, uh, ritual uh, cleansing ceremonial purity if you wash your body if you wash your belongings if you're outwardly clean then that's a sign of being spiritually clean inwardly but just hear what jesus says about the religion the religious leaders of his day matthew 23 25 he says woe to you teachers of the law and pharisees you hypocrites you clean the outside of the cup and dish but inside they're full of greed and self-indulgence blind pharisee first clean the inside of the cup and dish then the outside will also be clean so what jesus is condemning is when there is complete discrepancy between what people are like on the outside and what's going on in the inside and it's just basic hypocrisy it's a lie it's a deception i remember a friend of mine used to go to a, a catholic church and he told me that what would happen was that on the sunday they would gather together and take the mass and people would be involved in that. And then afterwards they would go down to the local pub and all get drunk. And it's just complete hypocrisy, a focus on uh, outward religion with no question about what does it actually look like to obey God in daily life. And Jesus says, no, the blessed life involves being pure in heart where there is inner moral purity, where there is consistency, where there is integrity. Where there is transparency, where what you get on Sunday is what you get throughout the rest of the week. What you get in uh, work is what you get at home. What you get in public is what you get in private. I remember watching a a TV advert when I was younger. I don't remember what it was advertising, but it it pictured a husband and a wife at home, and they were having a, a serious argument, you know. It was, it was your fault. No, no, it was your fault. You, you did it again. You're always doing this kind of thing. Oh, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. That's not what happened. It was your fault. Then the, um, the doorbell rings, and they walk towards the door, and they carry this argument on. Oh, no, no, no. Hold on a minute. This happened last time. It was your fault. You did it. Oh, no, no, no. no. It was me. It wasn't me. It was you. They get to the door, open the door, and, and then say, now oh, hello. <laughs> it's, it's so nice to see you. We were really looking forward to you <laughs> coming. It's welcome. Great coming in, and, But Jesus says, no, 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 that's not what it's like with his disciples. It doesn't happen like that for for Christians. What you see is what you get. And can you see that is the blessed life? Because if that's what we like, well, there's trust. There's integrity. There's faithfulness. So pure in heart, inner moral purity, also, undivided devotion towards God. and the opposite here is not so much hypocrisy, uh, but instead double-mindedness. To, have, to, to, to not have a pure heart here means to have a, a divided heart, in part to be loyal to Jesus and His interests. but also, in part, to be utterly um, controlled by the world, where our goals are just shaped by worldly concerned, concerns our own security our success, our reputation. So it looks like to some people we're we're devoted to God, but actually we know that our hearts are elsewhere. I mean, just listen to this from Psalm 24. Listen to what is described as the opposite of having a pure heart. That's what it says. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false God. So having a pure heart means being having undivided devotion towards God. A pure heart, inner moral purity, undivided devotion towards God. What is the heart? It's the center of a person. What are our hearts like? They're corrupt. What is a pure heart having inner moral purity and undivided devotion? towards God. And if this is the blessed life, how could we enjoy it? Because I guess for all of us, it's not going to be hard to think of times where uh, there is inconsistency between what people see and what we're like, and there is division in our hearts. How can we know the blessing of a pure heart? I guess if we think about uh, any of the Beatitudes in in much detail, we realise. They just cannot be a set of laws which, if obeyed, merit blessing. The initial purpose of any law in the Bible is to show us our sin, to show how far we fall short. The law in in the Bible functions like a mirror. It just shows us what we're like. And that is really significant because the call for purity at the level of heart is why Christianity can never be A religion of works it cannot ever be do this and God will accept you go on do it go on keep doing it try harder go on do it it can't be like that because what God requires is purity of heart and we don't have pure hearts so you might say well I'm a good person well no you're not are you (laughs) How can you be? Because of the state of your heart. None of us are. On the outside maybe, but inside no. Of course not. So the Christian is, only ever is the person who relies entirely and exclusively on what Jesus Christ has achieved for us on the cross. Which means if you're you're not a Christian here this morning, the call for you is to own up to be honest with yourself and honest with God about what you're actually like and to cry out to Jesus for mercy. See, the only way we can have a pure heart is if we are cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Hebrews 10, says this, Since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, With a full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, having our bodies washed with pure water. See, the wonderful truth is that although we cannot change our hearts, God can. And that is the promise that he gives to us. Because the blessing that God offers is not just cleansing, although that is wonderful. It's also uh, power to change if you know the Old Testament story, you know that the promise of the, the new covenant was this, Ezekiel 11:19, 19. I will give them, uh, God's people, an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. The blessing of the Christian is, is to know that our sins have been entirely washed away. And to know the power of the Holy Spirit Who wants to change us so that we are increasingly pure in heart. Like an old dirty mirror that's been left to decay for many years. It's it's brought out of where it's been and it's scrubbed and it's cleaned and it's washed. and, And just gradually as that happens it begins to reflect the image of its restorer. That is the blessing of the Christian. How can we know the blessing of a pure heart? Well, through Jesus Christ alone. The blessed life involves being pure in heart. So two applications here. Here's the first one. Seek an inner moral purity that is consistent with outward obedience. Again, if um, if you're familiar with the Old Testament, you know that again and again, Israel, the people of God, thought... That they were okay with God because they offered sacrifices. Even whilst at the same time utterly disobeying his laws. And yet just hear what God says in Isaiah 1 about that. It's quite shocking language. Just listen carefully. He says this. The multitude of your sacrifices, what are they to me? Says the Lord. I have more than enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fattened animals. I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. I cannot bear your worthless assemblies, your new moon feasts, your appointed festivals. I hate with all my being. They have become a burden to me. I'm weary of bearing them. Learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed. You see, God is not at all fooled by external religion because he knows what's going on. And yet, if we think about our own lives, how easy it is for us, even though we know this, to be hypocrites, to be serving at church on the coffee rota and the music group, leading a home group, being an elder, a preacher, a member, a visitor, for everyone to think well of us. And yet, in our hearts, to be fostering sin indulging in gossip, pornography, bitter thoughts, envy, jealousy, selfish ambition, rage, anger, to be obsessed with our work, to be an absent parent, to be utterly discontent. And where that is true for us, and I guess there will be areas for all of us where that's going to be true, we need to put to death the sinful nature, knowing that God sees. Seek and inner moral purity that is consistent with outward obedience and here's the second thing guard your heart from being divided it seems to me one of the main challenges of being a christian is not simply that we are called to be devoted to jesus but we're called to continue that devotion and grow in that devotion all of our lives and that's a challenge because it involves patience and forbearance and long-suffering it's easy every time to become disillusioned maybe to look back on the past and think actually I was much more zealous for the Lord in my younger days it's easy to slowly and subtly transfer our devotion to other things whether that be job or family or leisure that's really where our, our hope and our joy is it's easy like the um, Ephesian church to lose our first love and that's why the psalmist prays this, this prayer, and it's such a wonderful prayer, and just, just listen to this. He, he says, Psalm 86, 11, give me an undivided heart, that I may fear your name. If you're this morning discouraged by this sermon, you're discouraged by the state of your heart, that's a wonderful prayer to pray. Give me an undivided heart, that I may fear your name. So guard your heart from... Placing your hopes and your dreams in anywhere else than in Jesus Christ. Watch yourself. Be accountable. Share your life with other people. Don't believe the lie that other things will bring satisfaction when they won't. Guard your heart from being divided. It's the first thing we see. The blessed life involves being pure in heart. Um, Secondly, and more briefly, we see this. Only those who are pure in heart, will see God. So here we ask the question, why is this so important? Why does purity in heart matter so much? As you know, the structure of the Beatitudes is a description of the blessed life followed by a consequence that naturally flows from that blessing. So why is it then that only the pure in heart will see God? Think about it. Why is that true? What is it about God that means only the pure in heart will see him? Because it is a a consistent idea throughout scripture. Uh, Here these these verses, Psalm 23. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart? Psalm 73, verse 1. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. Habakkuk 1.13, your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Hebrews 12.4, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See, only the pure in heart will see God because God is pure. Because God is uniquely holy and majestic and his purity is both powerful and dangerous he is a consuming fire just think about fire if you put a newspaper in fire it burns it utterly destroys it consumes it but if you put gold in fire it refines it purifies it because of the nature of fire it will do different things to different objects Certain objects can stand the fire and other objects cannot. So only the pure in heart will see God in His holiness and live and enjoy His presence without fear of destruction. I see, I often think when we think about sin and a choice to sin and a life of sin, we think that's a path towards freedom and joy and. You know, self-fulfillment and so on. The Bible says, no, that it's tragically not the case at all. It's the opposite. When we choose to sin and live a life away from God, that's a choice to die. It's a terrible thing to do. It's a choice to be banished from God because no sinner can see God and live. But it is so wonderfully different for the Christian because the blessing and the longing of the Christian is that we will see God And live. Just hear these verses. Revelation 22. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city. His servants will serve him. They will see his face. His name will be on their foreheads. 1 John 3. 2 to 3. We know that when Christ appears we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves. Just as he is pure to the hope of the Christian, is that one day we will see God and enjoy his presence. And that mind-blowing thought transforms the way we live now, because if we know we're going to see him, and that hope has, has captured our hearts, then that changes everything, doesn't it? It changes the way we live, because only the pure in heart will see God. I mean, just imagine someone um, famous was coming to your house, someone you respect and admire. I don't know who, maybe um, Kate Middleton, Andy Murray, Theresa May, the Queen, someone. If you knew that person was coming, it's going to affect how how your house looks, what kind of experience you want them to have, how you prepare, what food you've got in the house, that kind of thing. It would be strange, wouldn't it, if if someone you respected and admirable coming and you didn't really care what it would be like for them or what you were how prepared you were it's obviously mind-blowing in comparison but the Christian will one day see God and that drives us to purity now because he is pure only those who are pure in heart will see God so as we, as we close we we see the profound significance of purity in heart for a life of blessing now and in the future. We're called to fix our eyes in the future, the certainty of seeing God and enjoying his presence. So let me ask you, what is the state of your heart? And what is the direction of your life? Perhaps our inclination here is is to feel guilty. If that's you, please remember the awesome blessing of knowing that in Christ our hearts can be completely cleansed. There's nothing about us that God doesn't know about that's going to disqualify us. He knows everything. And Jesus died for us. That's a wonderful truth. Maybe your temptation is more to feel complacent. Oh, I'm saved, it doesn't really matter how I live. If that's you, please hear the challenge. Only the pure in heart will see God. We live in the age of the image, but Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Let's just close with this prayer from Psalm 51.